help them. And we are going to take up an offering. So I know many of you give online or use, use an envelope. But we have a great ministry called Convoy of Hope that is always on the ground wherever a disaster is happen, happening. And right now they are in Poland. And some of the packages I'm sure that Open Friendship put together, some of you I, sure, I know you participated in the big things, some of you participated in some of the travel things that you were putting together. I was privileged to be a part of that and box these things up that are probably touching ground in Poland now. But we need to do our part. We need to pray. We need to continue to pray. We need to not forget about this. Uh, we need to, every moment we can think about them, we need, to, we need to pray for them. But now we need to give. We need to be givers. And I'm asking you to join Tara and I as, as we prepare to give. You can just mark your envelope, Ukraine, and every dollar will go to that ministry. And the blessed thing about Convoy of Hope is that 100% of that money is not, not, nothing is shaved off the top. This money goes directly to those impacted. You won't find another uh, ministry in America that I know of like that. Uh, so it's, it's a wonderful ministry that the Ascendants of God has, and I'm asking you to join us in, in giving. You can use an envelope. You can, use, you can go online and do that. Uh, this afternoon, you can do it any time. Just mark it, Ukraine, and we'll be sure to give that to our ministry of Convoy of Hope and be a part of what God wants to do. You can also do your regular giving online, and you can do that by hitting the giving button as you're watching there on the screen. If you'd like to connect with us, you can also hit, there's a connect button that you can use. And if you're looking for a church home and you're here, you can use a connect card and fill that out. And all of the offerings and your cards that you fill out, you can use our giving boxes out there. So let's be participants in this today, please. A couple of uh, announcements. Just want you to be aware, in two weeks we're going to have our annual church council. That will be on March 20th. Approximately at 11.30, you know, shortly after service, and we will be meeting here. You don't have to be a member to attend the meeting, but you do have to be a member to vote. But anybody can attend our annual church council to see, uh, especially your giving. I'm sure you want to be curious to see your giving. You can come in anytime to see what's happening with your giving. But we do give an annual report, and that will happen on March 20th, and then we do have a an election for the leadership council that will be taking place. And you'll hear about our children's ministry and our youth ministry as well at that meeting that's coming up. And then coming up real soon, as well as our women's spring event, tea time. It's just a wonderful time to encourage somebody. What an opportunity to bring a friend. And ladies, please sign up so that they know how much to prepare, how many teacups to have. And I know they're preparing teacups, and there's excitement around this event. And, of course, I'm excited to see women coming together to encourage each other because we all have things in life that we need to share, and it will be a great time for you to, to make a friend and to share in that. So please uh, sign up in the lobby today after the service. Well, this morning's uh, message is not about a king. It is about an individual who saved a king. And, again, I find it timely in this message that, that God had me prepare about over, probably over a month ago, but that this is the day that he had me in line to ship very timely message. Now, let me give you some background. Last week, we were talking about Jehoshaphat. He was a godly king who had a godly influence, and he wanted that godly influence to impact an ungodly king, and he had an impact on Ahab. But after Jehoshaphat passed away, his son Jehoram began to fall away from God. 
he began to have an ungodly influence, and he allowed that ungodly influence to impact his life. He wasn't like his father, Jehoshaphat, that had strong convictions. He was able, as I, I encourage you to have friends, and in this day and age, we need to be an influence to those people who don't know Jesus. Those people, as you saw the video, there's people who, ah, they think about church, but don't have time for it. And it's more than just church. It's about the message of hope. It's about the message of truth. And in this day and age, we need to proclaim it. But there's people out there that don't, they don't want to hear it. But you and I can be a godly influence to them. Jehoram, he allowed a, an ungodly influence to change his life to take him off the path of righteousness and put him on a path of unrighteousness so that when his son Ahaziah came about, it was really bad. And Ahaziah only lasted one year. It was so bad, the spiritual climate, they had gone so far away from God, he only lasted one year. And something else was happening. You see, when you begin to lower your convictions, when, when we begin to be quiet about the truth, when we begin to be silent, evil begin, can become louder. And evil can say, I'm gonna, it becomes a vacuum. If we are not loving, if we're not sharing truth, if we're not standing for righteousness, if we're not letting this light shine for Jesus, then evil will have its day. Evil will rise up. It always does. It, and here's, here's the truth today. You need to know this and you need to believe this today. But Paul told the Romans that you, he will soon crush Satan under your feet. We hold, we hold power over the enemy. We hold the truth of the gospel is all-powerful. We lift up the name that's above all names. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus. But when we are when we get discouraged and allow discouragement to, to cause us to, to be quiet, when we allow discouragement to push us into a corner, when we allow discouragement to say, oh, I, I don't even want to read my Bible. I've, I've been there before. I've been to those places before where you just push aside, God, I'm so discouraged. I, there's nothing to be done. Evil will rise up. And evil began to rise up in the days of Ahaziah. He had an evil mother. It was a part of the line of Ahab. She came from Israel. Remember, this was the line of Judah. She came from the line of, of Ahab. And she was an evil woman that had an evil influence on her son Ahaziah. To the point where Ahaziah was following wicked king Ahab. And Ahab was murdered and so was Ahaziah. And when his mother... Adaliah found out and saw what had taken place in her son. She seized her moment. Listen to this horrible story. In 2 Kings chapter 11, so it's, it's a very difficult time. It's a horrible time. The evil is rising up. It says, when Ataliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family. Ahaziah's sister, Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom 
and they hid them from Italia, so the child was not murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years, while Adaliah ruled over the land. Adaliah was murdering her grandchildren. It's unthinkable. It's unimaginable. I always, I always get a kick out of watching grandparents. I really do. Because I just see the love inside of them. I see the joy that they have to be with their grandchildren. Because they know for three hours they're going to have fun. They're going to wind them up with candy. They're going to wind them up with expectations that you get a toy every time you go to the store. And then they're going to hand them off to the parents. And they're filled with joy. There you go, son. There you go, honey. There, there's your child. I love, I, honestly, I love seeing grandparents. I love seeing what they, how much joy they have with their grandchildren. But here was a grandmother that was taking the lives of her grandchildren. What evil has arisen? What horrific sin has ripped this woman's heart that she could take the lives of her grandchildren, the lives of of children. What, what, when evil begins to take place, when things are being done that are unspeakable, what can be done? What can be done when evil is rising up? What can be done when hatred is filling hearts? What can be done when people are wanting to hurt somebody and there's this constant, constant desire to, to take somebody's life and there's evil all around us. What can be done when evil rises up like a tidal wave and it seems to be taking life after life after life? Well, I can tell you this, that you cannot sit around and do nothing. Sitting around and doing nothing is not an option for the righteous. The righteous must rise up in faith and be courageous. We must act and not allow evil to have its way. We cannot sit around wondering, well, maybe it's going to be me next, or maybe my family next. Oh, no, we do not sit around thinking about that, but we rise up with the Lord in His power and in His strength, and we act. People of faith are people of action. We're people of action. Adaliah was set on taking out every child born to her son. She was set on demolishing every one of them because she knew as long as there was a son alive, she couldn't take the throne. And she wanted the throne. She wanted the power. She wanted to rule. She had a great uh, ungodly influence upon her son, but she wanted more than just influence. She wanted to rule. There was an evil inside of her. There was a wickedness that overcame her. There was a darkness that was inside of her. And that darkness wanted to control what was happening in life. And I can tell you today that that same darkness and that same evil and that same hatred that was inside of Italia is in this world today. It hasn't gone away. It hasn't taken a break. It hasn't gone and lost its power. It is still out there. Up when children's lives are being taken, the innocent. What can we do? What can we do when people are being harmed? Those people who cannot defend themselves are now being tortured. Their lives are being taken. We're people of action. 
If you really believe that God so loves the world that He gave His only begotten Son, then you must believe today that you have something to be said. And I want to declare to you today that you have the truth of the Gospel. And evil does not have the final word. No, the people of God have the final say in every circumstance and in every situation. When darkness rises, you darkness is not the final call. Darkness is not the final any No, you and I still have a bat. We still are coming up. We always, we always have last bats because we're the home team. If you know about baseball, baseball is, is the home team always has last bats. They always have the last say in the game. It may be down. They may be losing, but they still have a say in the matter. And you and I, as God's children, as God's servants, as God's truth, we have the last say. We are going to speak, and it will be heard. Evil does not have the last say. Evil does not determine how the story ends. Evil does not write this story. No, you and I are writing this story. You and I will declare the truth. And as we were worshiping the Lord, as we were praising His name, I was just believing and I was just seeing that, yes, there's being missiles and bombs and, and guns and bullets all over Ukraine. But that bullet and that missile does not have the final say. We have something to say about it. And what we have to say and what we will say has a greater impact than a gun, than a missile, than any of those things, than hatred, than evil. You have the greatest truth. You have ultimate truth. You have the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His words will never fail. And we hold that truth. We will declare it. We will believe it. We have to say God in our prayers. We, and just believe it. That's why I continue to encourage you. We need to pray for the Ukraine. You have the final say in your prayers, in your faith, in the hope that you have. You have the final say. And just think about Jehoshaphat there in that moment as babies are being taken and lives are being taken. What was going through her mind? What was going through her heart? I'm sure adrenaline was pumping. What, what is taking place before my eyes? I'm seeing our grandmother taking the lives of her grandchildren. She said, I've got to do something. I can't sit around and do nothing. I can't just sit here and protect myself. I can't go in a closet to hide. I can't run to another city to protect myself. I've got to save somebody. I've got to help them. I've got to do something to save this baby. And that day, a baby was saved. That day, that baby was not murdered. That day, that baby was saved and protected and cared for and loved. That baby that was on the doorstep of death was removed because the righteous said, I have a say in the matter. I'm going to do something about this, and I have last bats. You may have done evil. You may have done wicked things. You may have taken lives. But I'm saying no more. Enough is enough. And you carry the same power as Jehoshaphat. You carry that power, and you carry that courage because you carry the Spirit of Christ in you. Paul says, I no longer live. But, this, but Jesus Christ now lives in me. That same Spirit that on the cross, they offered Him they offered him water. They offered Him food, but He didn't want it because He had a job to do. He had a desire to save you, to save me. And He did it. He says, it is finished. We have the last say in the matter. Your prayers have the last say over Ukraine. Your prayers will determine the outcome of what will take place.
Jason there. Your prayers have the last say for your family. Your prayers have the last say for your, your lost loved ones or your lost friend or our neighborhoods, our city. It's not the gas pump, and it's not, it's not NASDAQ, and it's not the Wall Street. No, you and I, you and I have the last say in the matter. We're still here. We're still on this earth. And I believe, and I, I will teach eventually here, that I believe there's coming a day where there will be a great tribulation. There will be a great tribulation on this earth. This earth will pass away. There's no doubt about it. It's going to pass away. But the people of God, let me say this first, that during this tribulation that evil will rule completely, totally, in totality. It will have ultimate rule on this earth. But until that day comes, do you know what holds back that evil? Do you know what holds back that ultimate rule of evil and hatred and sin over this land? It's you. It's the gospel inside of you. It's the love of God that abides in you. It's the truth of the gospel. We are holding back that evil. We have something to say in this matter. And here was Jehoshaphat. I've got something to say. I'm going to do something. Enough is enough. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to sit by and watch another child die anymore. I'm not going to sit around complaining anymore. I'm just going to go do something. I'm, I'm, I'm done complaining about the news. I'm done complaining about our government. I'm done complaining about our policies and procedures. I am going to do something. God has given me the authority, and He's given me the power, and He's given me the plan. He's given me the tools. He's given me His strength. He's given me the hope, and He's given me His Spirit that empowers me to do something. And Jehoshaphat that day said, your prayers will save people. Your action will do something. Your kindness, your smile, your service, your forgiveness, your time. As you give it to God, your offering that we gave today, it's going to save somebody because God uses that. And what did Jehoshaphat do? She saved the child. But then it wasn't just this moment that she was going to save a child. It wasn't like, okay, he's saved. He didn't get killed. No, she knew. She knew that this was not just a one, two-day, two-week process. This was going to be years. And it took six years. She took this child and hid him in a room. I want to tell you today, people of faith are committed to the end. Jehoshaphat was committed to the end. She was committed not just to save the child, not just to get up and do something. And I pray you will do something. I pray that you will begin to speak peace and you'll begin to speak hope and you'll begin to speak truth. This is a day that we can be loud and clear with people. There is hope in Jesus. There is a way. There is a plan. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But I want to tell you something. As we go out and we serve and as we love and as we give, people are still going to laugh at us, maybe. They still might hurt us. People are not going to always say, oh, you're, you're, you're my Savior. I can't believe you just helped me today. So we have to be committed because it is a fight. It's not going to be easy. You've got to keep being nice. You've got to keep speaking life. You've got to keep reading your Bible. You've got to keep praying. You've got
got to keep seeking the Lord. It's a process. It's a commitment that we make day in and day out. I'm going to be committed to the Lord. I am committed to Him. And I pray that you will be committed to God today, just like Jehoshaphat. She was committed to the process. And what did she do? She took this baby. She knew in her mind right away, I've got to take this baby to the one place evil cannot rule. To the one place where evil has no power. To the one place where it is the most safest place. She took him to the temple. I want to declare to you today that we are secure in the presence of God. And she knew that. She knew that this baby, the best place for this child was in the temple, which was the presence of God. That's where this baby will survive. That's where this baby will be protected. It's in the hands of God, not in my hands, not in my ideas, not in my wisdom, but in God, in His presence. And I'm going to take this child into the presence of God. And I want to tell you today that I don't, I don't have a war plan that can fix it. I don't have a peace plan that will bring all countries together. I don't have an economic plan that's going to fix anything, and you don't either. But we have a God that we can take all of our problems to. We, can, we have a God that we can call upon. He has the plan. He has the purposes, and He has the peace. He has the power. And we bring our needs, and we bring our situations, and we bring it into God's presence. We run into His presence. We run into His arms. We run where evil will not rule and evil will not capture us and where evil will not discourage us and evil will not have its way. We go into the presence of God where we hear truth. We hear His love. We hear the hope. In Jesus, we run into the presence of God. I love Psalm 91. Let me read some verses to you from Psalm 91. Verse 1 says this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Verse 14 says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Oh man, I want the presence of God in my life. I need the presence of God. I seek for it. I, daily, I call upon the Lord. And I pray that in your hearts, you are seeking the presence of God above all. Above all else, seek the presence of the Lord. Because it's in His presence that you will find all that you need. All that you're looking for. All that you're wanting. All that you desire is in the presence of God. Everything that you need. Somebody might read this chapter and say, Oh, I'm never going to get sick again. Oh, I'm never going to have a problem again. Oh, it's going to be a walk in the park every day of my life, right? Isn't that what I'm reading? And I want to tell you, if, if that's what you're reading, then you're not understanding what this psalm is all about. You're not understanding the Bible. You're not understanding God's power in our life. Paul said that outwardly we are wasting away. 
we're wasting away. I, I, I declare this to you. And, and yesterday I, I was with Alexander. We went outside. Beautiful day. I'm sure many of you were, were outside. And there's this little patch of woods across uh, from our home. And we're in there. And man, I'm just looking at all the crafts. It's just filled with You've been there before. You've seen beautiful things, but not too far from beauty is ugliness. Dirtiness. Just, it's going to be ruined. Beauty is ruining. It's coming to an end. We're using it up. And all of these things that we see here, those are the outside, those are the practical things. This, This earth will pass away. That's my point. This flesh of mine, it's going to pass away. It will die. It's not going to, this flesh that you see does not live forever. But the Spirit of God that was breathed into my life, that's been breathed, in, that's been breathed into every human being, that has, is an eternal spirit that God has given to us. It's that place in our life. It's that spirit that allows us to love. It's that spirit that allows us to have faith. It's that spirit that causes us to, before we want to do something bad, it's that spirit that says, no, I'm not going to do that. That spirit inside of us that, that thinks about loved ones and thinks about people and that says, oh, I need to pray. I need to seek God. That spirit that has been breathed into you by God, that has been redeemed by the Lord, that has been made new by Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lord, that has been made new by His presence, that spirit, that spirit can never be touched by deadly disease. That spirit that abides in me, it will never suffer death. It is. That spirit is fully protected by the armor of God. Therefore, I can always speak faith. Therefore, I can always speak truth. That's what this psalm is about. This psalm is about our soul and our spirit that is alive forever. That soul, that spirit can never be destroyed. Therefore, that's why we can declare, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because the spirit of God that is in me cannot be broken. Cannot be tainted. It cannot be taken away. He's always going to rescue me. He's always going to help me. He's always going to be there for me. He's always going to be my encourager. He's always going to be my strength. He's always going to be my help in my time of need. And I pray today that you will declare that you will worship the Lord. You will know that it is in God's presence. That's where you are secure. That very thing, you know, I shared that message with you a few weeks ago about the battleground of the mind and what you think is eventually what you're going to say and what you're going to do. And so this body of ours, it's just a covering. We're like a caterpillar in a cocoon. The day will come when it will be released. We will be in God's presence. But inside of us, we have all, all that, that redemption. It's inside of us already. And that redemption that we hold that redemption that we have, that life that we have, that life eternal that's within us. It's in us, and it comes out of us through our voice. It comes out of us through our actions. It comes out of us through our speech. It's coming out of us. We want to declare that it was coming out of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat brought Joash, his precious baby. I hope you value life. I hope you value people. I hope you value the people who pray. I hope you value your neighbors. 
hope we value them enough that you're willing to do so. You're willing to save them. And this little baby was brought into the presence of God. Listen to this, 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 4 says this. In the seventh year of Atalia's reign, Jehodiah the priest summoned the commanders, the Karaite mercenaries, and the palace guards to come to the temple of the Lord. He made a solemn pact with them and made them swear an oath of loyalty there in the Lord's temple. Then he showed them the king's son. Then Jehodiah brought out Joash the king's son, placed the crown on his head and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king and everyone clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king! What a day! What a glorious day! What a powerful day! What a celebration! We, we do have a benefit of, of watching that with the great nation of England and the royalty that they have. And I'm sure many of you, I, you know, still remember staying up late at night, waking up early in the morning to see Princess Di get married to Prince Charles. And we've seen the pop and circumstance of that. And that's what that moment was and what a glorious day it was. What a magnificent day it was. The beauty of that moment, that pageantry of the temple of the Lord and a king. It didn't matter if he was six years old. It was the Spirit of God that was coming upon him. It was the authority of God, that crown. It was what that crown represented. The authority of God, the power of God was being placed on this child. But it was all made because of Jehoshaphat's faith and courage and strength. She was holding the line today. It wasn't a bodyguard. It wasn't a general. It wasn't one of their uncles. It wasn't a mighty man of faith. It was this woman. It was this woman all by herself holding the line. Holding it together. And I pray today that you say, Lord, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it for my family. I'm going to hold it for my city. I'm going to hold it for this country. I'm going to hold it for Ukraine. I'm going to hold the line through prayer. I'm going to hold the line through praise. I'm going to hold the line and I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep being a person of action. I'm going to keep loving. I know I keep hearing the bullets and I keep hearing the cries. And she's been raining for seven years, but I'm going to keep holding the line until the day comes when you say it's time. It's time to bring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time for His glory to be revealed. It's time for His power and its fullness to be revealed. And that day is will come. Until that day comes, you and I are called to hold the line. We're called and we have the power. We can do all things through Christ as He gives us the strength. We will not lose. We will not falter. We will not give up. We will be victorious. And that's why we hold the line. already given us the victory. I invite the worship team to come back. As we come and worship the Lord, I pray that you will just come to the presence of God. I pray that the spirit of Jehoshaphat will come upon you. The spirit of Jehoshaphat that says, we're not giving up. We're going to press forward. I'll never forget. Saturday morning, when God clamored for me to touch we were doing online prayers. And I knew immediately, I knew exactly that touch. I said, I know what we need to do. We need to pray. 
to call upon the name of the Lord. And we're going to do that in this parking lot. We maybe can't come together in this building, but we're going to do it out there. I give God all the glory, and I give Him all the praise. Because that's the Lord working in my life. And today, there's a family here singing because they saw us praying on Facebook. <laughs> and there was Milani today as a part of our worship team because she saw you praying. We don't back down. We don't give up. We push forward. We do get bad news. We do get bad reports. Evil does come against us. My house has been burglarized before. I've been sick before. But I don't back down. I don't give up. I don't push, I don't, I don't push the Lord aside, but I, I draw Him closer to me. I come into the presence of God, and I say, okay, what more can we do for you, Lord? What do you want us to do? I don't like what I'm hearing, but I know you have a plan. I know you can save a baby. I know you can do something miraculous. I know this difficulty in my life, there's purpose behind it, and I'm going to come into the presence of God, and I'm going to give it to you. If you're going through a tough time, don't run away from God. Run to Him. We're going to hold the line. Would you stand? Jesus, Almighty God, we worship You, we praise You today. We're holding the line. We're going to be like Jehoshaphat. Maybe it doesn't feel like much. Maybe it doesn't feel like we're, how can a little baby do anything? We're going to leave that in your hands. We're going to entrust that with you. We're just going to hold the line. We're just going to be faithful. We're just going to serve you. We're just going to love you. We're going to love our fellow man. Almighty God, work in our lives. As we worship you, as we honor you, speak to us, Lord. Let your word continue to speak to us.